When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Com Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A M P I R E. Always much appreciated. When you tune in, don't forget you can read my work on ESPN.com. I have a story up now about how there's some signs where the receivers and Daniel, excuse me, and, and Sam Howell are getting on the so-called same page. Not just that the connections they're having, but, but why some of the adjustments they're making in the middle of a play that really kind of starts to show you a different level of cohesion. Talk to Terry McLaurin about this, Curtis Samuel a little bit. So there are a couple of plays from the Falcons game where I talk about, I'm going to play some of that interview for you after my keys and predictions from Terry McLaurin. So stay tuned for that. Just some good insight by Terry. There always is, but I thought you'd enjoy that. And it's just another sign of where it's the kind of the evolution of the past game, where they want to get it to anyways. So stay tuned for that. And don't forget, after the game, I'll be back with a wrap-up of the Giants-Commanders game. And then on Tuesday, film review in the morning, live stream show with Bram Weinstein at 7.30 Eastern Time at night. And don't forget, you can check out my son Matthew's college football picks. It's on Empire right now. Does a really good job digging up information, giving you information that's relevant to every big game. Makes a pick, has some top 10 picks. Give that a listen or, or a watch as well. Anyway, thank you for that. Also, let's look ahead now to the Sunday's game, starting with some injury reports. Kendall Fuller, we know that he didn't practice for early, for a couple of days this week. Well, he was back and he's fine. He's going to play. He's not even on the injury report for Sunday or the game status for Sunday. Everybody's going to be playing. This is a healthy team relatively, you know, without Derek Forrest, of course, Jeremy Reeves. Otherwise, they're in pretty good shape. As far as health goes, the Giants have a number of question marks, including quarterback Daniel Jones, who was listed as questionable. However, the anticipation is Tyrod Taylor will start at quarterback. We'll see if that plays out. Jones has not been cleared for contact yet with that neck injury. Kind of hard to imagine that he'd be cleared for this Sunday's game. So anticipating Tyrod Taylor. So that's where we're going when we're talking about keys and predictions. That's the guy that I'm looking at. Anyway, so... And oh, the other thing, a couple other things we did ask about Fidarian Matthews. He's progressing right now. There's really nowhere, you know, I don't know who they would cut to put him on the roster. You do have a couple of rookies in KJ Henry and Andre Jones. Jones plays special teams. You know, would you cut one of those to get him out there? What helps them is John Ridgeway's playing well. And when they do that Cinco package, that five man front, Ridgeway does a good job over the center. And I think that helps them tremendously getting F.A. Obata back gives them a guy who can go inside and outside. So that helps as well. So I don't know when Mathis is going to be back, but but he's progressing well. I think he's getting close to the point where it's like he probably, he could be back. I just don't know what move they would, the corresponding move they would make to get him back. It may take an injury somewhere else to get him back out there. 
Um, also, oh boy. Okay. Emmanuel Forbes, is he going to play this week? Well, I think, uh, clearly if Kendall Fuller couldn't play, then Forbes goes back in. This is called a reset, but it wasn't a, Hey, let's sit him for a week. Now everything's going to be okay. It's sit him. Let's sit him in their mind. It's let's sit him and then work on what he needs to work on, which is technique. And when you always hear what is exactly technique, cause it's, that encompasses so much at the position, but some of it is uh, just how to how you're lining up across a guy, how your feet are moving at the snap, where you're lining up in relation to your help, your leverage, based on where you're lined up, where the receivers are lined up. Do you do you have a feel for the route concepts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? So a lot of that is going on. Yes, this is all stuff they should have and have been working on with him from the beginning, but. Now that you played him in a game, you need you learn that he's got to go at a deeper level in terms of his learning to get back out there. So if he plays Sunday, I don't I'm not expecting a big role at all. And it may take someone else getting hurt because you're not putting him in there for Benjamin St. Juice. You know, Kendall Fuller, they really like him. He's very smart. As long as his knee is fine. And this is a knee, this is a knee situation that he said he's been dealing with since he entered the NFL. So this is not necessarily new for him. But as you get older, it's a little bit tougher. And then Danny Johnson, they they like him as their third corner right now. So I don't know where Forbes is going to – I don't know that he's going to come back in this week. Next week, you got Philly. Are you really going to put him back in there against that group, which really had some success against him in that first meeting? So I think it could be a few weeks. But it, then it gives him some cha- a chance to really kind of work more on the technique. And, you know, I saw him before practice with Benjamin St. Juice and some of the coaches just kind of talking about some stuff and you'd see them line up and just, they were talking, this is before practice where you see them line up and I put up, we're putting up a video of that. It's only about 30 seconds, but you just see what I'm talking about. It's nothing fancy, but it's an educational portion that is taking place with him. And it's, you know, so, but it's why I think it could be a few more weeks of this, unless there's an injury that puts him back in there. So anyway, that's it for that part. Let's get now to the keys and then a prediction for Sunday's game against the Giants. The first key, this is obvious, man. Based on the Giants' offensive line situation, you have to dominate up front, right, on defense. This defensive line has got to dominate and control this game. Do not get lulled into thinking that somehow this is a guaranteed win because, oh, my gosh, the Giants are so banged up. Yes, they are. Tyrod Taylor is an NFL, he's a legitimate NFL quarterback. He's a backup for a reason, but he is a legitimate player in this league. He can do some things to damage you, to hurt you. Now, the line is really, really banged up. And that's why I say, if you can't control this front, just hang it up. If you want to be considered one of the best out there, you dominate this front and then this portion of the game. But I'm going to give you a little bit of a history lesson. If you remember, 2017, this team goes out to Seattle. They're missing three starting offensive linemen, including Brandon Sheriff. They have six starters who are out. And I think even on the on the active, they had some guys who were listed as active who you knew couldn't play, but they couldn't keep them all inactive because they didn't, they had to have a certain amount on the active roster list for that day. So some guy knew you wouldn't play, knew they wouldn't play. They went out and beat the five and two Seahawks. That was a play where that was a game where Josh Doxson makes a big play. Kirk Cousins had a couple of big throws late in the game. Cousins was sacked six times. So Seattle's defense handled that offensive line. But Seattle's defense kept the game close. Excuse me, Washington's defense kept the game close and allowed the offense to make a couple of big plays. So so dominating the dominating the front is an absolute must. It doesn't guarantee a win. 
but it is a must in this game. And that means um, it's, you know, you have a left tackle, Justin Pugh, who, as he announced last week in his intros for the Giants game against the Bills, coming from not a college, but straight off the couch. That's their starting left tackle this week. They, their starting right tackle, I believe, is you know certainly questionable with an injury. And then they have other guys in the line. Their center's out. That another they put a guard on IR this week. They are banged up. So you need to control this game. And it's not just about like oh you know you know no not many rushing yards. You've got to make some big plays because of this. And and you know it's stopping the run. And la- you know last week they used that cinco package, the five man front, quite a bit. Just as a as a comparison against the Giants last year in the two games combined, they used it a total of 18 times. So it is something that they have used against these guys, and I can see them using it again Sunday. But regardless, you've got to stop the you've got to control it. If you, you know, if you're Chase Young and you're going against Justin Pugh, you it's not just enough to get like, okay, you had a few more pressure wins. You've got to finish this week. Period. You've got to finish. Because if you don't, when are you going to do it? You know, and I know. The Giants are going to do things to counteract. And they know, listen, they know where their line is at. They know what this line can do. So they're going to do things to offset and to help their line. So it's not just going to be, oh, straight drop back every time and, you know, hold the ball for three seconds. And here's a couple of things to consider against Buffalo last week. Tyrod Taylor, he his average time in the pocket was 2.26 seconds. That's getting out of there pretty fast. Average time before throwing, 2.6 seconds. Average time to getting sacked, 3.86 seconds. All of those are faster than what the average quarterback, average quarterback would face or or have in a in, in that you know from the pocket, from throwing the ball and from getting sacked. As a comparison, the average time that it takes Sam Howell to get sacked is four point, I think it's four point six or four four point seven nine seconds for Howell. Just as a comparison, and so it tells you that. First of all, guys were getting to him fast when they did. But secondly, it's getting rid of the ball pretty quick, too. And that's something that was noticeable against Buffalo. And they're moving the pocket. They're going to move the pocket. They're going to throw some play action at them. So they're going to do things to try and counteract and to keep Tyrod Taylor safe. But you still got to dominate up front, period. Sorry. That's just that's just it. <clears throat> they can't let Saquon Barkley go off either. Look at last week. He had... I don't remember the exact yardage total. It was like 93, 94 yards, something like that. 53 came on two runs, on back-to-back runs in the fourth quarter. So Buffalo bottled him up all game except for one drive in the fourth quarter. That's where the danger of is this, this game is close. They have a guy that you can bottle up, bottle up, bottle up, bottle up, and then he hits you for one, right? He hits you for a long one, and then suddenly – they're in position to maybe now hurt you. So that's what you have to guard against. But some a lot of that then goes back to the offense because you can dominate the whole game. But Saquon Barkley's pretty good. So he may get a run. And they can, you know, these guys are professional players. And while the line is, is a mess, they're still professional football players and they can execute a block and maybe spring it. Now, I will say what I've noticed when he had his big runs against Buffalo, it's something and it's happened here. Guy gets out of the gap. There he goes. On both those runs, back-to-back runs, there was a guy out of the gap. On the second one, the 34-yard run, you had one blocker getting two linebackers. Clearly, that's not right. And one of the linebackers had an arm tackle, needs to be over in the gap. That's You can't have that happen because if he gets to that second level, 
you got to watch out now. And you can't allow that kind of a spark to happen, especially early in this game. You've got to, the domination has to start early. You've got to force three and outs. You've got to force, you know, punts early to keep an offense that is struggling, keep them feeling a certain way because they can't get anything going. No touchdowns in three games. Like, what are you going to do? But if you allow them to do something early, you're going to, you're going to be in for a fight. And, you know, so you can't, you, you want to avoid that, but it starts with that domination up front. Um, linebackers took a step last week, but as a group, very good game. And, you know, uh, Jamin Davis has been playing well all year, terrific interception, very athletic interception. I don't think people appreciate, I don't, I just shouldn't say, I don't think, I don't know if people appreciate exactly how, what a good play that was by him last week in, in you know, to be honest, the throw was pretty good. It's the, it was a bad route by the running back. However, what I really like from Davis on that play is John Robinson gets him off the line just a little bit, but he has athleticism and he cuts it inside. Even if Robinson runs the right route, I think he might be able to get that. And it just, it was such a good athletic play for a big guy. Most of these linebackers are not his size anymore. He's a bigger linebacker anymore. So that was just a terrific play. You know, you're going to, they're going to throw, you'll have to cover backs there with Barkley or whomever, you know, line it up wide. Do that again. Cody Barton, better game. A lot of it was more decisive gap filling assignments because that single package, he's got to keep playing. He's got to have another good game because they're going to test him with that. And, and um, you know, that that's going to be something that they have to, they have to match what they did last week as a group. And I know like last week, Kalik Hudson played, that's their three, that's a three linebacker package, not always available to them. But I think what, and listen, a lot was made of Kalik Hudson. David Mayo went in there for two snaps and played pretty well on both his snaps. That's when, you know, you, you have the depth that did exactly what they should, but starting linebackers, Barton and Davis need a good game, <clears throat> but starts with dominating up front. Number two, efficient offense. Take care of the ball. This is, this is going to be the, for this game, you know, you, again, Weird things have happened to this team in New York, whether it's a some something with a punt or uh, a turnover in their own territory. You can't afford that in this game. You just can't. You need to be efficient with it. You need to make sure you're taking care of the ball and you can't give the struggling offense a short field, period. So that means, you know, we're, we're going to see a lot of stuff from Wink Martindale thrown at Sam Howell. Um, you can't have the negative plays or you can't have them at all, right? You want to avoid those, of course. And they did a good job of that last week. Like they he took set there were sacks, but they weren't the 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 intercept killer interception. And that's 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 what you need this week. So if you're he's gonna get sacked, just accept that. I mean, every game he's gonna get sacked, but you can't afford the 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 like against um Arizona, the, the turnover for a touchdown, and suddenly a team now has life. You cannot afford that. So, and the, the um this D is pretty good at causing problems for young quarterbacks. You have Wink Martindale, their defense coordinator, will send guys from all over. I saw a stunt where the safety's up on the line. He ends up stunning inside with a pressure, and he may have even gotten a sack on them, but it's just something that you don't always see. And, and I think that's something that they do very well. That's the problem. And they're going to test Sam Howell in this area to see, like, can you confuse him? Can you, can you confuse this offensive line? You know, they've had some problems with some overloads. And whether it's for whatever reason, whoever you want to blame, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter. They have, the, they have a problem there. So they have to make sure that, you know, there are sometimes even like 
when you're when you're trying to watch linebackers deciding who's going to they'll show seven at times which linebackers are coming well the one thing i one little thing i saw a couple times was the linebacker who's dropping is going to take a peek to the side that he's got to drop to or the guys that he may be responsible for who might be coming to his area you saw that a couple times right in like which guy is coming so you see a guy kind of just peek to the side like that dude's dropping now can the quarterback always is he going to always see that yeah, i don't know but if you're watching home, you can probably look for that, right? And I don't know if it happens every time. I'm not watching. I didn't watch every play, but a couple of times when I saw that. So, but the point is they're going to bring guys from all over. They'll bring guys from the side. They're really good at creating pressure off of that. And that's something that Hall has to be aware of. So be efficient with that. They have Thibodeau, they're the pass rusher for, you know, from their first round pick from last year. Very good player. Very good player. Or yeah. And, and so the one thing with him is a good pass rusher. He's not very good against the run. So if he's in the game and you want to run at him, go ahead. You know, because he's not that he's, he's just not very good against run. He is where he's effective most as a pass rusher is beating guys to the inside. So when you're, you're Andrew Wiley, one of the things he's had a problem with is getting beat inside. It hasn't been as noticeable at times, or maybe it is to you, but it hasn't been um, killed him at times because maybe the ball's coming out. But what you have to do and what you see some tackles do is you see that left foot starts to open up when when he starts getting inside. As soon as that foot opens up, it's like opening a door for this dude to rush the passer. So getting having Sam Cosme help out in those situations is going to be key or whomever you know is there even with her back. But it's oftentimes the guard will be able to help with that. But that's something that you just to watch out for. And the pocket, they can collapse the middle, uh, the middle with their interior guys but they're not getting a ton of sacks. So they, this is more about collapsing. Thibodeau is the one to watch with the sacks, but again, watch him winning to the inside. Cause that's where he's been a danger. So what, how else do you run an efficient offense? We'll run the ball. So one of the things that the New York is not very good defending the run. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL defending the run. It's, not every run game is the same, but they're allowing 5.1 yards per carry. That stinks. So run the ball can be able to control it and finish with points. Buffalo used now one thing like first of all they have Giants have a linebacker Bobby Okereke who is fantastic. This team actually liked him a lot and I think they would have pursued him in free agency if his price tag hadn't been around like 13 million a year or so. But he's been really good for them. Buffalo I felt at times neutralized him with play action passes. Now it almost looked like against Buffalo they were playing the pass on the way to the run because they knew where is it where is he going to hurt you. I don't know that they're going to play the same way against these guys. So I think he's going to be a lot more active in that area. But the Bills did a good job of using play action that slowed the rush. Thibodeau in particular, every time they used play action, it seemed like he wasn't, he kind of hesitated on the rush. The RPOs, I felt like caused the linebackers to hesitate. This team likes to run RPO. So that's something to watch for as well. Can in, um, um, but again, 5.1 yards per carry. So that's Brian Robinson has to be more patient with these runs. He tends to kind of give away some of the counter runs, some of the delays where you need to have a little bit more patience and you need to stay a little bit more square, a little bit longer to the line of scrimmage. He's kind of turning his shoulders up a little bit too soon or turning them perpendicular to the line or parallel to the line. And that's causing some problems or it's allowing the defense to know, okay, this is where the ball is going to go. And then, so with that, one guy who think does this very well I think runs with a lot of good patience is, is Chris Rodriguez. 
Like you saw that last week on his 13 yard run. To me, it was drawn up. It was, he ran that exactly how you want it to go. It was, you know, be very patient. You, you set up your blocks, you allow the blocks to materialize. You allow the backside linebacker to kind of get blocked by the guard coming, a lineman coming off. The hole opens up 13 yards, but the patience and the vision that he had, I think it fits what they want to do. So I wouldn't be shocked if he got a few more carries in this game if Brian Robinson isn't going to run with a little bit more patience. And that's something that I think has been a little bit harder for him to get used to, that if the first time you run it, it doesn't go well, then you need to still be patient and not speed things up. You need to take a breath. And remember, just be patient on this run, set it up, then go. And I know sometimes it may feel like those lanes get clogged really fast, but sometimes you do yourself a favor by setting it up and then cutting. And that's what I think Rodriguez can help them with if they wanted to give him, again, a couple more carries. Because I do think he does a nice job in that area and he's a tough runner. Um, So, but, and then again, pressing and pressing the hole. Because that, then that's what it is when you see some of the success that teams have had against the Giants' backs is press the hole, do a nice job, press the hole, get about a yard behind the line, cut. That's where they do it. And so that's what you have to watch for here. Efficient offense, to me, it, and I, I know I talked about the run second, but it starts with the run, but it really then starts with identifying the pressures and understanding who's coming where, that they could do at any point, anywhere. They're really aggressive on third downs. The receivers then have to beat the man coverage. Um, I, Jahan Dotson had a 100 yard game against these guys last year. Terry McLaurin has had three 100 yard games against them. Very good against man. I know the giants. I like the corner banks that they have. It's a guy that I, if they, if these guys had taken him at some point, it was said, Hey, I like that pick. I think he's a good cover guy, kid from Maryland. And so, but, but Terry McLaurin's pretty damn good. So, you know, um, banks has gone up against, uh, uh Metcalf. He's gone up against Diggs. And I think McLaurin is a good challenge, but I think McLaurin can win, can clearly can win some of those battles and 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 make some big plays. And same with Dotson. So I think there's a there will be a chance for some big plays with this receiver group and a chance for some yards after the catch to finish those big plays. Anyways, there you go. Now, final one: limit big plays. So <clears throat> if the Giants' defense is having a good game. That means Washington's offense may not be running away with this game. This is not a game where you say like, oh, they should just put this one away in the third quarter. I just don't see it that way. I think the Giants defense could have some success against these guys and keep this a much tighter game than I think you're going to be comfortable with um, because, because I, you know, could I see it going the other way? Of course. If that's if the defense makes some big plays, short fields, put this team, put the Giants in a position where you now can't, stay balanced. You've got to drop back and throw. That's when you're going to see, that's when you cannot get away from this pass rush. So that's where you really need to do it, right? To limit those big plays, I think you need to put them in a position where they're one-dimensional and that starts with defense do something, get some short fields, get some big play, get some points, get ahead by a couple scores, and then force this team to to play in a way that I don't think they want to against against this defensive front. And so, but again, Let's say it's a close game. You've got to limit these big plays because I think let's look at um, last year, last year's game up in the Meadowlands, 10, nothing Washington. They give up a 50 some yard pass play. And as soon as they hit him, like you're thinking they're in control. And as soon as they hit that, you're it's like, this game just changed. You just could feel it. Sometimes you just don't want to give them that jolt of confidence that, Oh, it's going to be like that. Cause you guys all know what happens up there. So do they. So that's something you have to be be aware of. Um, no touchdown, three games. You cannot give them that that confidence. And you know, I think 
Tyrod Taylor, he's, a, he's a, again, a veteran quarterback who knows how to play the game. You know, is he a great starter? No, but he's a good, really good backup. And, you know, I think one of the things, there's some difference between he and Daniel Jones. He's more willing to throw down the field. Last week, he was two of four on passes of 20 yards or more down the 20 yards or more. Doesn't, of course, they're down the field. Both of them, both the completions were slot fades to Darius Slayton. So watch for that this week. That slot fade is going to, could be a big play. He throws it very well. Slayton's a good catch. Both those throws against Buffalo were contested and he comes down, he, he was able to make the catch. So he's going to take some shots down the field. Um, some, you have quick tosses to Wandale Robinson. You have Jalen Hyatt, a fast guy. He'll definitely take some shots down the field with him. And I would listen if I'm them against you see the, the number of big plays allowed by this defense. I'm absolutely going to test him down the field. Test to see is Percy Butler consistent with where he needs to be. Test to see what the corners are going to do, right? So that's something you absolutely have to expect in this game. I don't know if he's going to be bombs away, but certainly you can expect that Tyrod Taylor will take a few more shots than I think um, Daniel Jones would. As a comparison, um, Taylor has, for his career, when he's a starter, is a starting quarterback, has averaged 6.9 6.9 yards per pass attempt. Daniel Jones, 6.6 yards per pass attempt. Um, the air yards per pass attempt for Tyrod Taylor, 8.8. For Daniel Jones, 7.0. So J- Taylor will be a little bit more aggressive, and you've got to contain him in that pocket because he's. I think he's a little bit more – Daniel Jones is a very good athlete, and obviously we all know how much he's fooled these guys on zone reads. I don't know that Taylor will. I don't. I'm sure if I'm them, I'm going to try it. But I also think where he's he's a little bit going to be a little bit more elusive in that pocket. And again, they will move him. They will get some half rollouts to one side to get away from a rush. Maybe overload the blocking over here and and run go away from like a one on one situation with Pew and, and and Chase Young, something like that. So that's something, you know, but that's how they can do it. And you can create those big plays. Darren Waller, a very good tight end. That's a guy that's going to, he's a very good tight end when he's healthy. And right now he's on the field. So that you got to watch out for him. So, you know, I think obviously the D should play well, but you cannot let them get these plays. And you've got to, we go back to the discipline of the rush. You're going to get out of your gap sometimes. We know that every team does you got to be able to consistently maintain that, get some push, really make Taylor uncomfortable right away. They have the guys to do it, obviously, but you need to do that. And, um, you know, Chase Young has been very close. I think I've given you the stats, 16 pass rush wins the last two weeks combined. That's the most in the NFL. You got to finish. This is a week you have to finish. This isn't about like, oh, you had four more pressures. No, yeah, you got to come away and say, hey, you had two sacks, right? You've got to finish, create a big play off of that. And look for Tyrod Taylor will run. He's averaged 5.9 runs per game when he's a starter. Daniel Jones, 5.6 runs as a starter. Anyway, the whole point of this, I think it's going to be a tough game. The last six games that these teams have played, five have been decided by one score or less. Four by, I think it's between zero and three points because, of course, the one tie. One double-digit win, and it was a 22-7 game. It was the last game of the year. That the mess at the Meadowlands, it was where it was basically was um, the last game for was a judge, and that was it, right? So, you know, that was that was a double digit win, but otherwise, the other five games always come down to the end. We know what happened last year. Guess what? That John Hussey, his crew, the crew that called or called the penalty on McLaurin and didn't call the PI against Curtis Samuel, his crew is doing this game. So, you know, I'm sure that this team, I know this team has talked to the league and just making sure like, hey, 
this guy really kind of his crew didn't wasn't great at the end of that game. And I think I think Washington, I think Rivera is like one in five when that with that crew. So can't let it get in your head. But the point is, you know, these games are always close. And I, you know, I'm just kind of bracing you guys for that one again. I think if they can go up there and win by double digits, that's a terrific win. You know, but just come away with it, get another win and get a second win in a row, get into Philly, get into the Philly week with some momentum and then go from there. But so prediction time, I'm going to go 20 to 17 Washington. I can see it being a 20 to 10 type game. I just, I just, my fear is, a turnover that gives them a short field that leads to easy points, something like that. No turnovers, 20 to 10 Washington. But I'm just kind of bracing for one of those, whether it's a fumble, interception, whatever it is. I'm just kind of bracing for that. But I, you know, I think this is a good challenge for these guys. I mean, Sam Howell playing against this. I think we're going to get a really good feel for his his continued progression. And I think this is why this season is interesting because of his progression as a quarterback. But this is the kind of game where it's like you're going to get another test. You know, it's not just you played now seven, you started seven games, you now you've seen everything. Hell no. This is the first time he's going against this defense and this coordinator who loves to really kind of throw a lot at you and and really test young quarterbacks. So good test for them. Have to come away with it. Listen, they have to win this game. Like if you want to start doing anything, if you want to get in any sort of a, a run to gain momentum, to get into position for a playoff spot with a brutal second half of the schedule, the Giants have had a brutal schedule to open the season. Go look at their games. It's brutal. Haven't always played well. We know that. But, you know, they're one in five, but they've lost to some really, really good teams and should have beaten Buffalo. So, Anyway, that's it for me. Stay tuned for a minute for my my short interview, about five or six minutes with Terry McLaurin. And again, I'll be back after the game with a wrap-up of the Commanders-Giants. They need to win this game, get two in a row, head into Philly, and then who knows what happens. So I'll talk to you next time. Do you feel like you guys are getting, you're starting to get into a little bit more of a rhythm with Sam? Like the last two of the last yeah. three games, you've gotten some good yak. You're getting a lot more targets and all that. Do you feel like yeah. that? Yeah, I think um, it's definitely a work in progress um, with Sam. I think uh, on the little throwback play that we had where uh, he kind of back-shouldered me, that was kind of something where we, we were really anticipating that being an over-the-top throw, but it's like me and him saw the same thing at the same time. And the 18-yarder? Yeah. Okay. I yeah, when like I was coming you, back around yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually like that. Was, yeah. So it was something that we've had in the bag for a while, and EB finally got to play up and called, and uh, we saw A.J. Terrell kind of hanging over. So um, obviously I don't want to run to get covered, so we kind of felt like the sweet spot. And um, I think that's like the nuances when you're getting – Is that a sign of growth? Yeah, I think that is a sign of growth. Um, I think it's something, like I said, we didn't necessarily anticipate or talk about, but it was something where the receiver and the quarterback were on the same page, so it, it came out to be a really good play. There's other plays that come across the game that we're continually trying to clear up, more so when there's like leverages. So if a guy's in trail, where is he expecting us to come out? Where is he going to throw the ball? But I think um, little plays, he's – when he hit Curtis um, in the first third down of the game, where Curtis kind of essentially has like a corner route, but uh, he throttled in the zone and Sam stopped him with the ball. I think those are the little details that you oh, can so see. So he, he, he was supposed to have a corner route on that one. Yeah, so he's running, we call it like a, it's called like a Seattle. So it's essentially like a, a corner route. He ends up okay. being like a corner route. Against man, he may be flattening it off, but against zone like they had, 
he's technically could take it high through the through the, the deep defender and the flat defender, but since they were kind of converging on him, he kind of slowed down, and not only that, Sam stopped him with the throw. Yeah. So I think those are little details where you can tell Sam's getting really comfortable with the offense and the certain looks that we're getting. So we're definitely getting more on the same page with that. Absolutely. Like the yak hasn't been as a group. Now you're getting yeah. the Velasco in. It hasn't been what it was. I think what I think people expect to be. Right. Is that part of it? I know against Philly yeah. it was, and you had it last week. Yeah. But is that part of the getting used to that, or yeah. what else is going? Is it style of routes? I mean, yeah. I'm looking at everything. It's Definitely. hard to. I think it's uh, style of routes. I think it's the kind of coverage that you're getting each and every week. I think um, we were getting a lot of more man on third down, so it, it really allowed us to run away from guys a lot more and get some catching last opportunities. Year, uh, last week. Oh, last week. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah uh, but I think we're getting uh, – we've seen a lot of zone, one high zone, and so I believe um, – we're in like a quick game and I got it was like a five yard route but I got like nine yards on it I think that's on the receiver you gotta learn to uh, call it yeah catch and, and knife instead of trying to dance around trying to make a guy miss because you catch and let the quarterback throw you so if the ball's on this shoulder he's telling me the free space is over there so I need to turn this way a lot of times we may turn around trying to square the guy up and that's just letting defense converge so um, I think we, we're also doing a better job of breaking tackles and again I think that's on us on ball carriers why is it important to get you guys more and even more involved. I mean, yeah. and it's funny because you haven't had that big game yet. Yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. Is that important to have? Or yeah. is it... How, you know what I mean? Or do yeah. people make too much of it? Like, oh, the receiver. I mean, it's a good group still. You yeah, know what I mean? like, definitely. I think um, it's a balance because, you know, we got a lot of guys who demand the ball. You know what I mean? I know it's not just myself, but at the same time, you want to be the guy who's counted on to go out there and get eight to ten plus targets right. a game and and really be able to take over the game, be someone they have to account for because then I think that allows other guys to get favorable matchups. And I think we kind of saw that over the course of the game a little bit, but it's just um, when you kind of start stalling a little bit, you kind of are just trying to get back on track. You're not in the full rhythm of the game anymore like we were in the first half. And I think on us as an offense, we got to figure out how to sustain that rhythm throughout so the game. On that 118 yard of the Kudo, yeah. did, you, did you see it? Like, how, when do you know you both see it? Like, did, yeah. you, did you see, do you look at each other at the line? Or? Yeah. Well, I think it honestly is it's, it's even more cool that you get on the same page because that's something that happened in the midst of the play. Oh, okay. And so, like, backside guy's job is to take his eyes away from me so I can sneak under and get right. out the back door. And eventually he's a ball player. Like, he's going to get a feel for, like, okay, something else is coming around. So I can tell my eyes were on him when I was coming through. Okay. And when I came back out the backside, I knew he was about to come over the top. So my 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 I feel like my body language, and I always talk about that as a receiver, your body language has to be clean for a quarterback. Because if I'm sprinting, Sam doesn't. He's like, ah, I see it, but does he see it? So now he's clutching okay. the ball versus, like, I'm running full speed coming out the back door and then my eyes and my body's kind of slowing down. I don't completely stop, but I'm slowing down, telling gotcha. them, like, I feel the zone gotcha. back shoulder. Me. So I think that was a really cool uh, example uh, of us executing that. And, I, again, with him and Curtis, like, Curtis knows he can get hit in that hole um, or he can win out by the numbers. But I think Sam stopping him with the ball, Curtis's, Curtis's uh, demeanor, like, he wasn't sprinting through the zone. He was kind of throttling down. So, so it's, 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 okay. it's, it's, it's definitely like I, I really put a lot of the onus on us because I think the quarterback most times sees those zones but it's hard to tell what your receivers are going to do if they're not definitive with their body language because if you're not on the same page and it's like a delay against like with Jahan in yeah. Chicago there's a one route where it almost looks like he's waiting to see how is he reading exactly. that and then when you read it now it's late exactly okay. and, and then honestly that's the nuances of everything like um 
him and I, like him and I on one of the early routes against Okuda, he was in the trail and he threw it more flat. He had pressure, but in certain instances, we got to talk about, okay, if you see a DB behind me, where do you see that angle of me coming out? Is it over the top? And most times we see it the same, but I think that's the importance of communicating. Yeah, yeah. You and Jeff had some battles. You had yeah. that one third down. It's like you guys were locked yeah. pretty hard. Yeah, no, for sure. It's fun, though. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you, how, like, you guys seem like you get along. You yeah. guys are pretty tight, aren't nah, you? No, yeah, me and him are pretty cool. And uh, he's somebody that uh, I kind of always saw as like a, a younger brother figure. And okay. uh, it's good to see him healthy and he's making doing plays. Well. He is that, doing that's well. a good group. Like, I don't think people realize how good that defense they are. is good. They are. So. With Bates back there, Bates yeah, is super smart. They don't yeah. they ain't really give up a lot of big plays. No. I think we, we hit the plays that we need to hit. Um, but as far as like down the field shots, that's on us. We got to be able to come down with more contested yeah. opportunities. But um, we got two long corners and a safety that has range. It makes it tough to be able to make those plays. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Sure, no problem. Always.